Hey there, wine fans. Chris here, and I know it's been a few weeks since our last episode as we continue our journey through the wine delivery experience that is called Bright Cellars. Bright Cellars, a wine delivery service that we have been reviewing all season, and if that's news to you, then I, I want to congratulate you because you clearly drink even more than I do, and, um, and you know, I appreciate the effort. But I also appreciate your loyalty sticking around through what has been a challenging time. Pandemics, uh, social awareness, uh, a whole world waking up to how shitty the whole world actually is. And, you know, that is why I drink, and I hope it's one of the reasons you drink too. And if not, let me suggest, uh, drink for that reason. It helps. But what should you drink? That is is the theme of this show most of the time, if I get around to it. And I have been focusing on this particular service all season long. Bright Cellars, they're a service. I've said it before. I'll probably wind up saying it again, because, again, I have been drinking. But what have I been drinking? And are you ready to hear all about it? Because guess what? It's time to play catch-up. It's a holiday weekend where you can't go anywhere and you can't do anything. And that means you might as well try not one, not two, but yes, three different red wines that will make you unseasonably sweaty here on a new episode of Chris Tries to Review Wine. Hit it, guys. Recording live in New York, it's Chris Tries to Review Wine with your host, Chris. And that that's it. That's the whole theme song now. Here he is, Chris. Thank you, Chris, and of course, my live band, the Chris Tries to Review Wine Winos. And uh, thank you, listeners, for joining us once again on Chris Tries to Review Wine, the show where we do attempt to review wine. It's in the name. It is what the label says it is. Uh, Unlike many wines, many wines have fancy, exciting labels, but what is inside is just wine. And wine uh, need not be fancy or exciting in order to get you uh, intoxicated. And, and it could taste good along the way. It doesn't need to be fancy or exciting to taste good. But I will say, the first of three wines we're going to be reviewing this week has a really fancy and exciting label. And I actually just really enjoy this label. I am a sucker for a fancy, exciting label that you, as a listener, cannot see. So you just have to use your imagination. Maybe, maybe it has wings or glitter or a unicorn on it. it. It doesn't have any of those things, but maybe it does in your mind. And honestly, the mind is where wine really gets its work done um, by killing the brain cells. And, and I do appreciate that about it. And I appreciate your attention as we barrel through three wines. Uh, three wines that are not barrel-aged. Longtime fans who can remember, I don't know, like six episodes ago, will know that I love a good bourbon barrel-aged wine. Mostly because I like to say bourbon barrel-aged. Bourbon barrel-aged. Bourbon barrel-aged. Uh, yes, I do enjoy saying it, and yes, hmm, I have been drinking, but more importantly, there are no bourbon barrel-aged wines in this episode. Simply a barrel-full 
of various red wines that have all come from Bright Cellars, the service that I have been reviewing all season long but am thrilled to announce will soon stop reviewing because I ran out of gift card credit. Mm, the best reasons are often the simplest. And uh, I might render a final verdict on my Bright Cellars experience in an episode very, very soon. Uh, but today, we just have too much to get to. We are playing catch-up, if you will. And like I said, it's a holiday weekend if you're listening to this live as I record it right now, which would be terrifying because I am uh, huddled in my, my wardrobe. And if you are somehow listening to this live, it means you are also huddled inside my wardrobe. And I would like you to, uh, I, I don't know, like take your phone out so it lights up and I can see your face. But not in a creepy way. I just want to know you're here. Uh, are you here? I'm going to take that as a no and assume that you are listening to this at, at least somewhat after I recorded it because that is how the medium of podcasting works. Uh, so I'll tell you right now, it is the 4th of July weekend here in the United States of America, uh, which is a great time to celebrate if you uh, live in any other country than the United States of America. I suppose being in Brazil right now would also be bad. Basically, anywhere where they actually took the coronavirus seriously uh, would be a great place to celebrate. Celebrate the 4th of July just as a day of the week that you can go outside, maybe shop, say hello to friends. Hell, go on a date, because if you're like me, you literally have not been on a date in the calendar year of 2020, and um, you're starting to look at inanimate objects in a kind of lascivious way that uh, is concerning, not just to me, but to uh, the medical professions as well. Uh, in fact, I am looking at this microphone right now, and, and I don't need to tell you, listener, that a microphone is shaped a lot like a piece of the human anatomy. Specifically, the part that enjoys wine, the mouth. Uh, and, and if you think, wow, what microphone do you have that looks like a mouth? Well, listen, I'm already thinking about the wine, and so let's just stop there. Uh, I do like to put... Uh, microphone-shaped things in my mouth, but that is a story for another day, another week, another podcast, perhaps, uh, or, or better yet, maybe we'll never need to tell you that story. But what I do need to tell you about are the wines that I've been tasting from Bright Cellars, because I have continued to explore this service, and it has brought me wines from California, California, uh, another part of California, and then sometimes somewhere that is not California. And that is where we are going to start this episode as we run round robin style around three different red wines, three different varieties, three different regions, three different things that are not actually things you would normally compare to each other, uh, I suppose, because they're all pretty different. But that's the enjoyable part of sampling many different wines from many different places. The thing I thought I was going to do when I signed up for Bright Cellars, and then instead they just sent me lots of boxes of California. California, 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 and then wait. Wait for it. It's something called <gasps> Super Genre Cabernet Sauvignon from, um, oh, it's dark in here, the Washington State area. Washington State, that is California adjacent, but it is not California. And is it super adjacent or is Oregon in between? I don't remember. I think Oregon's in between. And if you know the answer to that, then congratulations, you're good at geography or live in Oregon. I think only people in Oregon actually know where Oregon is. 
But we do know it's on the West Coast, specifically in the Pacific Northwest and Washington State. Uh, That is known for many good red wines, often Pinot Noir, which is why I'm thrilled to tell you this is not a Pinot Noir. This is super genre, super genre Cabernet Sauvignon. And this is right off the bat uh, my favorite wine label from Bright Cellars. Uh, I have, um, you know, mostly enjoyed the wines. They've been fine. But this is the label that knocked my socks off. It it kind of looks like somebody uh, decided to do some arts and crafts while on a lot of cocaine. Uh, Collaging, specifically. And I do love a good cocaine-fueled collage. Uh, But since you can't see that label, and I'm just making you think about how much you probably enjoy cocaine and how it's probably not really easy to get right now, especially if you live in Texas or Arizona or Florida. I'm so sorry for you, but also you probably don't listen to this podcast, so suck it. Uh, But what I will tell you is that super genre from Washington State is a 2017 Cabernet Sauvignon, and it is one I rather enjoyed. But I'm going to pretend to taste it right now for you so you, you, the listener, can learn how to properly taste such a a delicate cocaine-fueled wine. And mm, I'm sure you'll enjoy it, beginning, as always, with the sniff. (laughs) Ooh, it's an earthy kind of sniff, Uh, what we might call an earthy nose, Uh, not to be confused with a cocaine-filled nose, which is more um, chemically, Uh, but an earthy nose is often great with a red wine, and this particular one has hints of, uh, I'm going to say, a dark cherry, and, uh, oh, wait, I'm going to take one more sip, (sighs) by which I mean sniff. But if uh, you think I sip that loudly, wow, (laughs) I'd love to never eat soup with you. Uh, But, but this sniff, this second and all important now third, (sighs) you know, just sniff it as many times as you want. Again, I'm here to teach you the technique. And the technique is just confidently keep doing whatever you're doing. Am I sniffing it? I'm going to sniff it again. (sighs) Whoa, I just got it. It's an earthy kind of nose with cherry notes and, and a hint a fancy swimming pool, and that right there is the cocaine vibe coming right back in. So just in case you were worried, like, oh, sounds a little too, like, crunchy granola for me. You you started me off on the right track. You, you know, if you were thinking, wow, I love a kind of early season homeland, Claire Danes, pinning things on the wall, having a jazz freak out, uh, kind of cocaine-fueled bender. Well, if, if that appeals to you, number one, you sound like you're fun at parties. And number two, don't worry. This isn't too earthy. This still has a, a slight note of chlorine that makes you wonder, wow, uh, what meth lab did this roll out of? But you know what? The nose, the nose doesn't always know. The nose is just the first step in the sniffing, tasting, sipping process. Sniffing, tasting, sipping. They all are are kind of like a trifecta, a holy trinity. Or for those of you who really believe in God, a triforce of, of tasting. Yes. And so that means it's time for us to do that sip. That sip I long ago pretended to do, but then sniffed instead. Now I'm ready to sip it for real, but for fake, because I already drank this wine, and I'm pretending to drink it again for you, listener. Let's see what I think I thought it tasted like. Ooh, you know what? I think that I thought that this was really fun, actually, and really flavorful, and dare I say, a little bodacious in a certain way. 
And, and and here's where I have to, you know, um, uh, return to my roots. My roots are the Trader Joe's wine shop. Longtime fans know that I have a an unhealthy relationship with some lovely people at the Trader Joe's wine shop. But more importantly, I have an unhealthy relationship with their discount values. I just blew out the microphone because I'm just so excited for discount values. But it's not a discount. It's just an everyday low price. Hmm. And so on the topic of everyday low prices, I have to say, I love this cap so far. In fact, you know, I've already told you I'm not drinking it because I finished the bottle a week ago. But I loved that bottle. I loved that cab. I will always fondly remember my time with Super Genre, a delicious Cabernet Sauvignon that is overpriced. Uh, because the thing is, uh, I, I know many good Cabernets that you can get for under $20 at the Trader Joe's wine shop. And this Bright Sellers thing works out to be like, you know, $18 a bottle, basically. Like, <laughs> that better be a good bottle of wine. That better be something that is better than what I can roll up to the Trader Joe's wine shop and, and walk out with for twelve ninety nine. Uh, and And, you know, I just don't know if we're there. But... That doesn't mean I don't like it. That doesn't mean it's not good. If somebody handed this to me and said, I, I spent so much time thinking about your tastes, thinking about what you would like, and I thought you will like this cocaine-fueled collage of Cabernet, I, I would taste it and I would go, go, you know me, you know what I like. And um, then I would politely ask them, but how much did it cost? And long-time listeners will know we love to play a game on this show called How Much Did It Cost? But we're not playing that this season because, again, Bright Sellers is a subscription service, which is a great way of hiding the true cost of something uh, behind an app or a website and, like, a, a, I don't know, words like experience. I recently completed my wine seller's experience and thought, wow, um, if life is just a series of experiences, this one will not be memorable when I die. But again, that's for another time, the overall Bright Cellars experience. I'm here to tell you about this individual wine, the super genre Cabernet Sauvignon, 2017 from Washington State. And, and I actually do like it. Real talk. <laughs> Let's record scratch sound effect. I'm not going to do it later, so I'll just do it now. Real talk. Uh, I like this. Uh, the label on it claims we're in for something that's minimal sweetness and maximum body. And I would agree that this wine hits it out of the park when it comes to this, like, sweetness-to-body ratio. And if you're like, what is uh, the body of the wine? I don't know. It's a word you throw out when you mean, like, well, it's it's not sweet, and it has a feeling in my mouth. It's like it's big, um, but it's not too big. It's got a body. Uh, and so, yeah, this has a bodacious body. And, and, and a little bit of sweetness, but not nearly what you would call sweet or sugary. No, no, no. This is just a hint, a touch of sweetness. Uh, again, much like the touch of kind of arts and crafts that you would put into a cocaine-fueled collage. Uh, it, mostly it just looks uh, alarming, but then there's a little bit of like intricate detail that makes you go like, oh, wow, maybe they should have gone in, maybe, maybe they should have gone to art school after all. I mean, going to art school is a terrible idea for everyone involved, but when you see that little, like, gold leaf on the edge of a cutout photo of George Clooney from People magazine, you go, whoa, that is attention to detail. Uh, 
and I appreciate attention to detail in art, in labels, and most importantly, in wine. And th this is a wine that's more balanced than the label wants you to believe. That aggressive, uh, again, cocaine-fueled. I'm just going for how many times can I say cocaine-fueled. If you're playing a drinking game where the game is drink every time I say cocaine-fueled, I am so sorry you may want to call poison control. But again, that cocaine-fueled label makes you think you're in for something that's going to kind of kick you in the teeth. And, and this is actually a lot more refined than that. It's, it's as refined as I would expect a Washington State wine to be, which is just, I don't know, me throwing out uh, cheap, cheap uh, praise for my Washington State fans. Are you out there, Washington State fans? I love you. Take me to your beautiful promised land. But in the meantime, I'm going to tell you that, uh, you know, listen, I like Cabernet Sauvignons. I like wines from Washington State. It's not super surprising that I enjoy super genre uh, Cabernet Sauvignon 2017 from Washington State. Uh, but what I'm going to say is I like the balance. And, and I'm not usually one to admit that I like compromise because typically I hate compromising on anything ever. But but in this case, I do enjoy that compromise between a bodacious body and just a little bit of sweetness, what I might call a bit of jamminess, like a little bit of, you know, jam, raspberry jam maybe, cherry jam, a little bit of jam. Uh, if you have a, a Cabernet that's really sweet, you might call it a jammy cab. I would not call this a jammy cab, but I enjoy that it has jammy notes and that those jammy notes keep it from being too dry. Uh, if you're not sure what I mean with a dry wine, sometimes you have a red wine that literally tastes like dust. Or it tastes like wine, but then your mouth feels like dust. That is a dry wine. And this, this is crisp. Crisp. Which is sort of like dry, but somehow has a satisfying p at the end. That'll blow out the microphone, so I'll do it one more time. Crisp. A crisp. Uh, Cabernet. Uh, and if you enjoy a crisp Cabernet that has a, a kind of Carrie Matheson does protest art label, uh, then, then guess what? This super genre, Cabernet, is for you. And I think that means this is a winner uh, as far as Bright Sellers goes. I'm going to give it a 3.8 or 3.9 out of 5. I don't want to give it a 4 because I still think there are other fantastic Cabernets that you can get for less money or without signing up for a wine experience, which just sounds kind of terrifying when you say it like that. Uh, no, you could get a great Cabernet for like $12.99 at the Trader Joe's Wine Shop or your local equivalent Binny's Beverage Depot fans, I, I see you. Uh, but more importantly, if you have to have a bottle of uh, cocaine-infused Cabernet Sauvignon, then guess what? Super genre is for you. And that means we're one wine down, two wines to go. I'm already dripping with sweat here in our hot, active, action-packed um, recording studio, also known as a closet or wardrobe, uh, take your pick. Either way, when we return, I will dive into two more red wines faster than you can ever imagine, or at least faster than this first one. Because guess what? They're getting less noteworthy by the moment. That's uh, really a big hook for you to come back. I, I really, uh, I've never had such a more enticing hook to join us for less enthusiastic reviews of wine after this word from me. And we're back with Chris Dreister Review Wine, where we just wrapped up uh, one of my favorite wines from the entire 
Bright Cellars Experience, a uh, super genre, super genre Cabernet Sauvignon, uh, it's from Washington State. I, I maybe was just excited to have a wine from Washington State because it is not California. Uh, and listen, uh, you know, California's fine. I like wine from California, but at a certain point you want some variety. Uh, as Americans, we're no longer allowed to travel anywhere, basically, uh, and for good reason. We don't deserve it. But I like the idea of letting my palate travel the world, and Washington State is at least a part of the world. But if you want your palate to travel even further, you might want to go to a, a different country, a different continent. And I am thrilled to say Bright Cellars finally took me to a place like that, a place that you might know as Australia. Because here we are once again for another tasting, and this one is Double Century Shiraz. And uh, first of all, I'll just say, uh, what is a Double Century? I don't exactly know, but I do know that the last four months living in New York City have felt like a Double Century. And so I'm a big fan of Double Century Shiraz right out the gate. Uh, second thing I'll say is I don't know how to pronounce Shiraz. Is it Shiraz? Shiraz is uh, one way how you say it uh, in America, but the other way how you say it in Australia. Australia? Uh, I don't know, and I will never find out. God is my witness. I will die before someone actually tells me how to pronounce Shiraz. Raz. You know, it doesn't really matter, because what matters is how does it taste. And that means it's time for us to do a tasting of double century Shiraz, uh, beginning as always with the sniff. <clears throat> Hmm, this one has a, a kind of deep, dark cherry uh, vibe to the nose, unlike the last wine, which had an earthy vibe with notes of cherries. Different, different. We're leading with the deep, dark cherries this time. Uh, and once again, there's something that reminds me of a swimming pool. In this case, it's not uh, chlorine. No, no, I don't want you to think that I've just been drinking uh, chlorine or hydroxychloroquine or, or really any chemical. I, I tend to only enjoy drinking one chemical, and it's called alcohol. But, but, uh, there is a swimming pool, <sighs> let me say deja vu to this, uh, to the smell. It's specifically, uh, mm. yeah, I know what it is. It's the uh, smell of swimming pool goggles. Goggles, like a fresh pair of goggles. And honestly, there's something really satisfying about the smell of a fresh pair of goggles. Uh, but that's nothing compared to the taste of a fresh pair of goggles, which is uh, not exactly what I'm hoping to taste when I sip this wine right now. But we're going to pretend to sip it right now and find out, huh? Let's, let's do it. Let's pretend to drink that wine I previously drank. <laughs> Mmm, very realistic drinking sound effects. Uh, a, a dainty sip is what that was. Uh, if you'd like to know what a, a gulp sounds like, uh, honestly, I'm worried for your hearing, and I don't want to damage your headphones. So instead, I'll just, again, uh, give you a quick sip. Oh, wow. You know what? That is smooth. That is smooth and just a little spicy. Spicy on the back of the tongue, which I enjoy. I'm not a big Shiraz, Shiraz drinker most of the time. I'm much more of a, a you know, Cabernet, California drinker. Uh, not by choice sometimes, but just by the fates. And, and let me say, this Shiraz has got me intrigued. It's got me thinking, well, what else does Shiraz have to offer? Uh, maybe it has to offer me a correction on how I pronounce it. I'm not open to being corrected, but I like being offered things. New experiences that I otherwise cannot have 
have because no one is allowed to go have a new experience right now uh, unless you hate America, in which case you can go have all the new experiences you want, you selfish bastard. But more importantly, uh, this wine, this double century Shiraz, has a kind of fruity tang. A fruity tang! I love tang! Not the orange beverage, but I love the, just the word tang! Uh, and that fruity tang, um, you know, I, I wouldn't say it's a specific fruit. I would just say it's kind of like a punch of fruit. And to be clear, not fruit punch, just um, a punch of fruit. Like a fruit punched me in the mouth. Maybe it was um, a passion fruit, a grape. Uh, a really beefy single grape that just sucked me in the mouth. Uh, and, you know, that's fine. I, I used to enjoy a good Capri Sun, and in a way a Capri Sun was like a punch of fruit in the mouth. Uh, and then there's something else you have to think about, especially when it comes to a red wine, but any wine, this is true. You have to give that wine a little bit of time to open up. Uh, if I was drinking this wine live right now, I guess this would just be a 20-minute break where we would sit in silence, or maybe I would tell you a story about going for a walk in the park, which is the only kind of story I have to tell anymore because it's the only thing I get to do. And, uh, and I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to tell you that story because, honestly, it bores me because it's all I've done for the last four months. So instead, I'm thrilled to reveal that I already drank this wine and gave it time to open up. And I can tell you that as it opens up, uh, it really gets a lot brighter, lighter. It's a jet black, inky, dark red wine, but give it 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and suddenly it's more like a medium body red, maybe even, even maybe just competing with the lighter body reds. And and uh, if you're like, what's a medium body red? What's a lighter body red? I, you know what? I don't have time to explain these words that maybe don't mean anything to you, but maybe they do mean something. And maybe what they mean is that, you know what? This kind of like, hmm, light fruity dance on my tongue, this punch is a little more of a tickle, and that spiciness is coming a little more forward on the tongue, and that's exciting. That's just an interesting palate experience. Uh, and, again, it's from Australia. And who doesn't love imagining that they could go to Australia? Um, you probably never will, nor would they have us now. But it's nice to think about. And if you like to think about foreign countries, you too might enjoy a delicious bottle of Double Century Shiraz. I'm going to put it right up there with the super genre. These two, back to back, knock them out of the park. Big winners. I, I actually would say maybe my two favorite wines from Bright Cellars so far, and also two of the most exotic wines from Bright Cellars so far, uh, finally breaking out of that California uh, prison cage. I mean, actually, California prisons are a, a very complicated and hot topic, and uh, perhaps a reason that we should be careful who we pick for the vice presidential nomination in the United States. But uh, honestly, by the time you listen to this in 2040, I'll be dead. Um, not, you know, not from old age, but probably from some kind of flaming hovercraft accident. Uh, and you'll go, what is he talking about? What presidential primary could he mean? Because we don't have that anymore. We just have an algorithm from Facebook that runs the country. Uh, and, and if you are the person listening in 2040 right now, let me just say, wow, I can't believe this podcast feed is still up. That's really impressive. And I would like to congratulate myself for some really good work. Uh, but 
I'd also like to congratulate myself for seamlessly transitioning into our third and final tasting of the night. If you are just like, if your head is spinning, if you feel like you have wine tasting whiplash, well, imagine how I feel because again, I am dripping with sweat in a small enclosed space surrounded by flannel shirts that are woefully out of season, but they do help dampen the sound and they don't dampen my spirits. How could they dampen my spirits? Because I'm enjoying a glass of red wine right now. We are doing a live tasting to wrap this all up. That's right. We had two wines that I had tasted in the past, and now one wine I am going to taste live in the moment for you, my listeners, who somehow made it this far into the episode. Maybe you fell asleep and woke up, and this is the part you woke up to, in which case you have fantastic timing, because I am here to taste a wine from a very exotic locale known as Lodi, California. Uh, that is a part of California I have probably tasted a wine from before, but but this time I'm pointing out that it's Lodi or Lodi. Much like Shiraz and Shiraz, I wish to never know the correct way to pronounce Lodi or Lodi. Is it like Loki or is it like mm, uh, Lode? I think we should take a second and think about how we pronounce it. I don't know. Lodi? Lodi? Either way, this wine is a uh, a red blend? No. It's a Zin! Oh my goodness. I'm surprising myself with this one because, again, I wanted to keep things a little spontaneous. It's a a celebratory weekend here, or it's the future when you're listening to this and there's nothing left to celebrate. Uh, But you're alive, and I would like to celebrate that. So I'm going to say cheers to you for making it through whatever it is you made it through to get here. And let's find out how this uh, <clears throat> still bend, still bend, like like it still bends, but just, just the word still and the word bend, still bend, still bend Zinfandel. Uh, from Lodi, California, will it be good? Will it be bad? Will I ever really give you a straight answer on that? <laughs> We're going to find out right now. Cheers. I cheers the bottle so that didn't quite sound like a normal cheers, but you know what? I hope you're holding a whole bottle in your hand right now, because bottoms up, it's time for a real tasting, live, beginning with the sniff. Mmm, okay, not swimming pool, much more locker room vibes from this one. We're finally um, taking the metaphor somewhere else, and... And a little bit of pepper, you know? A little like somebody had a very fragrant sandwich in the locker room. And so you're smelling it, and you're, you're not quite sure what, what smell is human and what smell is mustard. Mmm, I kind of like that mystery. Well, let's see how it holds up with a sip. Mmm. 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 That's fine. That's my that's my actual review of this one. It's fine. Uh, it's a little light, a little spicy. It's a little bit of everything and a lot of bit of nothing. Um, there's nothing to complain about with this wine. I, I get hints of vanilla, maybe clove, but does anyone really know what clove tastes like? And, and if you say clove cigarettes, I'm going to tell you, clove cigarettes do not taste like clove. They taste like, I don't know, uh, 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 an exhaust pipe filled with patchouli. Yeah, uh, or or just like you're smoking some incense. But uh, this has a kind of, um, uh, you know, again, earthy comes to mind. We talked about earthy notes earlier. Uh, it, it's a little herbal, herbal, if you will. 
Uh, and that's interesting in red wine. I'm used to herbal notes in white wines more. Uh, but in a red wine, this has a hint of herbality. Uh-huh. Almost like a tea. And you know what tea has? Tea has tannins. And you know what wine has? Wine has tannins. And in this episode, we do not have time to explain what a tannin is. Uh, you know, maybe one day, maybe one day we will. Maybe that's a reason to stay subscribed to Chris Tries to Review Wine, the podcast, that you can find in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, on the web, or really wherever finer podcasts are, well, not sold. We don't sell podcasts. We just kind of send them out into the ether. So wherever you get your ether, I hope you can get a little bit of alcohol in it too. With Chris Tries to Review Wine, where this wine, Still Bend, Still Bend, I'm still drinking Still Bend, our spontaneous tasting of the night. Uh, still Bend, I don't know, 3.2. It's not bad, but like, I, you just heard how much I loved Super Genre, how much I loved Double Century. Those were actually uh, knock-it-out-of-the-park surprises. I, I, I'm Again, I'm not sold on the value proposition with Bright Sellers, and we'll talk more about that sometime in the future, assuming there is a future to have time in. But, but this one, meh, meh, meh. That's my review. Meh. And honestly, that's all I got for you this week. I hope you have a uh, safe and fantastic 4th of July, whether that is this year's 4th of July, 2020, uh, or next year's 4th of July, 2021, or the final 4th of July, which I assume will be held in 2022, uh, before we start celebrating, I don't know, the founding of Panem. In the meantime, you can find me on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all those places I just mentioned, the ether. You can just shout, Chris tries to review wine into the ether, and then give me five stars in the ether, or on Apple Podcasts, where I would much prefer it. A and again, this week, we just blew through some wine, so I'll remind you, three wines from Bright Cellars, capping off, or, you know, nearly capping off, who knows, a whole season of Bright Cellars. And yes, there's a little more Bright Cellars to come, but like I said, the gift card is done. Bright Cellars is moving into my rearview mirror, much like COVID-19 was moving into the rearview mirror of America before it T-boned America's car, which I assume is a pickup or SUV. Uh, but I don't drive. I take uh, public transit and bike, so I was fine. And that's why I'm thrilled to be here with you again. I, I hope your insurance covers the damage to your car. Uh, this is an extended metaphor for America. Uh, but, you know, honestly, whether or not you have insurance, you have something better. You have good taste in wine because you listen to Chris Tries to Review Wine, where I'll be back uh, very soon for more, uh, let's say, advice, maybe, or just um, rantings, ravings. More importantly, more dripping sweat here in a incredibly stuffy wardrobe which shows how much I love wine, but more importantly, you, dear listener. Thank you. Chris Tries to Review Wine is created and produced and just, you know, generally made by Chris Barlow. Uh, he thanks you so much for listening and would love to know your thoughts. Find him on Twitter at I am Chris Barlow. And uh, be sure to rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts. Tell people about it. And you know, if you are learning anything, I'd love to know what it is. If you have a wine recommendation, I'd love to have you send it my way. Again, I'm on Twitter at I am Chris Barlow. I'll see you here next week to try and review more wine. <laughs> <laughs>